0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. Well, when it comes to problems in the genitourinary systems of children, there are some that are the result of birth defects, but others can arise during early development. Here to fill us in on the most common ones that affect children is Dr. Matthew Mason. He's Assistant Professor of Pediatric Urology at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Mason. Thanks so much for coming in.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me here.
0: So let's begin by reviewing some of what are the most common problems that you see in children? What's What's the one that stands out in your mind?
1: So I think one thing we can certainly spend some time talking about that we see a lot of are undescended testicles.
0: Why, first of all, let's define what that means.
1: Sure. So an undescended testicle, a testicle is supposed to Uh, It develops within the abdomen, and usually before birth, it has come down from the abdomen through a little canal, a little channel in the groin region into the scrotum. And in some studies, up to 3%, as much as 3% of baby boys are born with a testicle not in the scrotum, either somewhere stuck along the the route down into the scrotum, or even somewhere where it missed the mark completely, and it's in a completely wrong location.
0: Does it usually just happen with one of the
1: two? It typically does just happen with one of the two, but often we will see where it is both. And uh, there can be a, a varying severity as to how far undescended or how far stuck along the way it is. And In certain circumstances, it can be as extreme as a child born that looks like a male, but has no apparent testicles whatsoever.
0: So the scrotum is basically atrophied or not It, it can look
1: like a normal scrotum that's empty, or it can sometimes look very flat. And actually, that can sometimes lead to a very serious concern that this may be a newborn that looks male but isn't actually male. And that and that actually is sometimes a very urgent, very uh, immediate and serious health risk because it can be associated with other conditions with, with serious life-threatening consequences.
0: Well, we can talk about some of that a bit later, but yeah. tell me a little bit more. Do we know... What causes this, or who is most at risk for these kinds of problems?
1: You know, unfortunately, like a lot of things I deal with, we get asked that question a lot by parents. Is it something that I did? Is it something that we could have done differently? And and we really just honestly don't know. And so if you had to pick one answer, I would say it's random. There are certainly genetic factors and, and some environmental factors. But for example, in identical twins, the rate of undescended testicle from one to the next is only around 30%. So it's not purely genetic. Uh, You can have a father who had an undescended testicle, and the children may or may not. But there seem to be some associations with things like smoking during pregnancy – alcohol use during pregnancy certain medications that are advised against by obstetricians during pregnancy but none of these things are absolute so again we usually tell people it's it's usually mostly a random event
0: how about with children who are born early like preterm births
1: absolutely so whereas I said three percent of baby boys that's that's the that's the statistic for full-term otherwise normal birth weight baby boys if you look at the population of premature or very low birth weight infants it can be in some some, some reports up to forty five percent of these infants can be born with a testicle not in the scrotum. And does
0: that suggest that since it's a developmentally occurring process, and the baby is born or taken sometimes before he's he or well, he has gone through his full gestational, development, that that may be the reason why.
1: Absolutely. You know, it may just be purely a time factor for some of these infants, but the testicle often will have descended by somewhere early on in the third trimester. And these premature infants are born later than that, but still have undescended testicles. So what you mentioned, it may be sort of a symptom of a overall developmental issue as a whole.
0: Very interesting. So Basically, well first of all, there's is there some distinction here between an undescended testicle and one that kind of pulls back?
1: Absolutely. So so a truly undescended testicle is a different entity from what we consider a retractile testicle. And there's a lot of terminology out there, but basically what we're trying to distinguish between the two, an undescended testicle is a testicle that will not develop appropriately because it's stuck in a location where it's not in the correct environment. What we call a retractile testicle is something that we see quite a bit of as well, is a testicle that can reach the scrotum, will sit in the scrotum if the patient or if the child is relaxed, but has a very strong muscular reflex that can pull it up and out of the scrotum, so that when you go to examine the child or subject them to a ultrasound or imaging uh, technique or something like this to try to figure out where the scrotum is or the testicle is, just by the fact that you're trying to find it, it can pull up and look like it's undescended. The dis- the difference between the two is that from what we know, retractile testicles. Don't have any of the same long term consequences as undescended testicles do. So
0: that leads me to the basic important question here is what are the complications or consequences of an undescended testicle? Sure,
1: absolutely. So, you know, certainly maybe the most scary consequence is that children born with an undescended testicle have a higher chance of later in life developing testicular cancer. And testicular cancer is a very rare cancer in men at baseline, but anyone with a history of undescended testicle, whether or not it's ever been managed, have at least twice that risk. And if they have a testicle that remains in the wrong place after they go through puberty, the risk can be anywhere from five to eight times the baseline risk. So basically,
0: um, does it ever kind of descend spontaneously in some of these children?
1: Yes, definitely does. And in fact, up to maybe 50% of the full full term, the, the... the normal full-term newborns, it can up to about 45 to 50% of the time, it will come down on its own. But from what we know, it only has a chance to do that by six months of age.
0: So then basically what is the management of this and what do you recommend to people? And is it the kind of thing that a normal pediatrician or primary care physician Understands and knows how to manage.
1: Typically, so I mean, it's it's basically standard practice for pediatricians, family medicine providers, primary care providers to examine the bo- the boy, the infant at or child at every well child visit to make sure that the testicles are. In normal location and feel normal. And if ever the the current recommendation, which is we have some very good recommendations that were published just a couple years ago, uh, the current recommendation is if there's any child who's at least six months of age and in a preterm infant, you have to correct that for any prematurity. But any child who's reached six months of age and the testicle is not in the correct location, they should be referred to a surgical specialist like myself or my partner. um, And Furthermore, any child who previously had a testicle in the right place and now beyond six months of age, it's no longer in the right place. Again, any question there should be referred to a specialist. So
0: the kind of expertise, whether it be surgical intervention and there are a variety of inter- interventions, really requires someone with a little bit more highly trained, special- specialized knowledge then. In yeah. terms of man- actual management of this.
1: Correct. I, you know, and, and it's it's a very difficult thing to tell families because they're waiting on a referral to see the specialist and they don't know what's coming. Um, and it's all of the management is purely based on what is witnessed a physical examination of the child. And that's, that can be very subtle. And it took me you know, many, many years of training to feel comfortable to where I can say, this child does or does not need surgery. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, what we found is that all of the sort of imaging techniques, ultrasound, what have you, are very unreliable in determining who does or does not need surgery.
0: So it relies on a physical exam. It, it does. If you're just joining us you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with pediatric urologist Dr. Matthew Mason. We're talking about common pediatric uro- urology problems, but specifically we've been talking about an undescended testicle. I want to be able to get on to at least one other of these problems, but just what's the prognosis then if treated?
1: Well, So the other thing we didn't mention is the the association with fertility problems. And what we know is that even as early as 18 months of age, if the testicle is left in the wrong place, there becomes issues at a cellular level. Developmentally, the testicle does not develop properly, and long term, it may affect the overall fertility of the patient. If appropriately managed where the testicle is placed in the scrotum by about 18 months of age... Uh, You maximize the potential for fertility, you minimize the risks for cancer. And in a patient like that, you know, they do have an increased risk of testicular cancer long term, but it may only be twice that of the general population. And in a patient with just one undescended testicle, from what we can see long term, they have normal ability to have children in terms of if you look at the rates of men trying to have children and how many actually can father a child, one undescended testicle seems to be as good as a normal person versus two undescended testicles, it's down to about 65%. But we do everything we can at an early age to try to maximize their fertility potential.
0: And largely that's done through surgery in that's, most that's cases. That's correct.
1: In most cases, it, it needs to be done through surgery. I don't
0: want to run out of time. I want to move on to one other thing that actually, as I was researching for our conversation, it really surprised me. And that as a pediatric urologist, you're actually looking at prenatal problems. In other words, while the infant mm-hmm. is or the neonate is still developing in the womb. Tell us about that. What what kinds of things are you finding and what can you manage?
1: So a very common finding in pregnant women and up to three or four percent of pregnancies can have an abnormal appearance of the kidneys or kidney of the fetus. And so a lot of times this is sort of within the scope of what obstetricians know how to manage, but sometimes they can pick up something a little more severe and it creates a lot of anxiety for the family. Uh, And sometimes decisions need to be made about is something, uh, is it important enough to make a decision about how to manage the pregnancy? And so, you know, you can find the most common thing we find is urinary uh, in, in an increased amount of urine that sits in the kidney, what we call hydronephrosis. And you'll find this in babies and it varies in severity very significantly.
0: And you're talking about while they are basically in utero, you're using a pediatric ultrasound or an ultrasound to Correct. determine this. And you f- this is a finding Correct. that's subsequent to normal ultrasounds is, that are done throughout this is the pregnancy. This is typically
1: picked up at around 20 weeks gestation when women have their sort of what they call anatomy scan and they'll find an abnormal appearance. kidney. And in in certain cases, this can be representative of very severe disease that may go on to need surgery. In extreme circumstances, we may recommend intervening during the pregnancy or even making the pregnancy a little shorter by inducing labor earlier. Uh, But most of the time, these are things that are things that the child can grow out of or can have uh, non-surgical management. And so it creates a lot of anxiety. And we you know, are happy, and we encourage being able to talk to these women during their pregnancy, so they at least know what to expect. And in most cases, that's all that it takes.
0: Really, so it sounds to me like a lot of these kinds of issues really are not, um, really require a certain amount of expertise beyond perhaps even the standard urological training. In your case, going into pediatric. Urology, and is it, it's not that is it a common thing to find pediatric urologists?
1: You know there there are not too many in this area. Certainly in in, in upstate New York, there are pediatric urologists in Albany, Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo, but between those areas, I don't think you're going to find very many. So unfortunately, we do have patients that have to make a several hour drive to come and see us. Uh, but there are the there are there are two of us here in Syracuse. And, you know, it's just a matter of there aren't that many places in the country that train these people. There's only about 25 to 30 pediatric urologists trained in the United States per year.
0: And so. you basically did, you were here for medical school. I was. Went elsewhere for your training Correct. and decided to kind of come yep. back. Come on so back home. We're quite lucky to have you coming back. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So how can people reach you if they would like to reach you and, and get, you know, learn more about your services? I
1: think the, the easiest way for either a patient or a potential patient or or a primary care provider to get more information or or contact us would be just call our office. It's 315-464-6060. That's That's the pediatric urology office. We're a small group, so everybody knows everybody, and we're we're right here on the phone.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming in and enlightening us, and I think, you know, certainly something as common as the as you mentioned, the undescended testicle issue is certainly of concern, and clearly, you know, you're you're um, zero, zeroing in on some very, very highly specialized problems. I want to thank you so much for coming in and, and enlightening all of us. Well, thank
1: you again. Thank you for having my me. my guest
0: has been Dr. Matthew Mason. He's assistant professor of pediatric urology, specializing in pediatric urology problems. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.